Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. We're talking about praying more, worry less. And I think it's one of the greatest privileges we have is to be able to go into the presence of God anytime we like and just hang out with Him. To talk to Him like a friend talks to a friend. What an amazing privilege that is. Doesn't matter how we feel, what we've done, doesn't matter who we are, because we're His children, we can go and hang out with Him anytime we like. How cool is that? Tyler, my message this morning is called Pray with an exclamation mark. And just as Pastor John said, this week I got to get up in front of all of the other pastors in our state and receive my OMC, which was a cool privilege. And Renee was there with me and she got to come up on stage and it was a really nice moment. And, but when we went to go home, not such a great experience. As you know, there's some things I'm not good at. Fixing things, mechanical. Yard work, and it turns out directions. So they were, they were doing roadworks. Can we get the time on, please? We were doing roadworks. And they were doing roadworks on the highway that took you to Redcliffe where we were going. So we had to take an alternative route. And I said to Pastor John, because it was the first time that I didn't go with him to conference, I actually, uh, I actually went with Renee. Because she drove there and then I drove home with her. The first, I said to him, I said, so when you get out of the intersection, you turn right. Is that right? He said, yes, that's, that's correct. So we got out of the car, we drove, we, I turned right. And then I, pre- then I got Siri out and, you know, I mapped. And I, I, I'd already put in where we were going, which was Redcliffe. And I pressed, go. So we start going right. And then it says to turn left. And we turn left into this path. And the minute we get in there, it's just bush. It's a forest. And I, I, I looked there and I went, this doesn't look good, but I don't know where I'm going, so we'll trust Siri. So we're driving along. It's just black forest trees on either side. And, and I'm not talking far away from the road. I'm talking right next to the road. So I'm scared. It's dark. It looks like something out of a horror movie. But we keep driving. It keeps taking us up. It keeps taking us on different winds. I kept expecting to see villagers come out of the forest with pitchforks and torches with a fire on the end. I expected as we kept driving to see a guy come out with a hockey mask and a chainsaw. And, and I've got a pretty good imagination. So I, and this is true. I started to think maybe someone's hacked my iPhone. And I'm going to come up to a place and there's going to be guys with eskies and surgical equipment. I'm going to wake up with one kidney or one lung, one eye because they're... yeah, I was getting scared. And we just kept going and going and going. There came a point when I thought maybe I need to turn around and go back. But the reality was we'd gotten too far by this stage to turn around because I didn't know the way back either. We were about halfway. We kept driving over little bridges through the forest. They came to this one point where it actually looked like the branches grew over the the road. It was scary. And I 
And sometimes I think our life can be like that. God speaks to us. We hear a voice and he tells us to go down a certain path or he tells us to go on a journey or he speaks to us and says, hey, this is the dream I've got for your life. We start down along the path and as we go, it's like we don't know the way. We go down twists and turns that we don't know. Things get dark. Sometimes fear comes in. Sometimes the issues of our life start to come and bombard us. Sometimes we get hurt or offended and things go in and we start to worry because we don't know the way. And in that moment, we have a choice. Just in that moment, I said, well, Renee, I think we need to pray. More for the reason why I didn't want to ring someone to tell them, hey, can you come and find me in the bush? (laughs) And, And I was worried. I had locked the car doors so no one could get in. And I said, God, just pray that you'd keep us safe and that we would find our way out. And as I said that, Renee said, you know what, just before you said, let's pray, I'd already prayed. And because we were both a bit scared. Eventually, we got through the path. We came out. We got back to civilization. There was a town. It actually took us past the signpost for the Glasshouse Mountains, if you know that way. So we were off the beaten course. We got out. We got onto the M1, and then we were safe. God's the same in our life. In our world, we have choices. When things go bad, we can either choose to worry or we can pray and declare our faith in God. I, I want to read to you a Bible verse to start us off this morning. And, and it's, a, it's a great illustration of the difference between someone who worried and someone who had faith and decided to pray in God. And, and it's, if you'd like to turn this morning to 2 Kings chapter 6, ver, uh, verse 8. And it says this. It's about Elisha, the prophet. It says, now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha the prophet, who is in in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. You ever felt in your life that you've been, you're surrounded? by the enemy, or you're surrounded by the circumstances of life. And doesn't that cause us to worry? Doesn't that cause us to be scared to go, man, what does the future hold for me? And I want to focus on the next few verses. It says this, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha 
had asked. See a guy who worried, said, what will we do? And the prophet said, let's pray. And God turned up and did something amazing. So I want to share with you quickly about the thought, why pray? In those circumstances, when things are hard, when things look dark, when we get a bad diagnosis, whatever it is, why pray? And the first thing I think we need to pray is because prayer brings intimacy. Prayer brings intimacy with God. As I said when I first started, I think it's amazing that we can just go to God and talk to Him. Like I said with Moses, I said about Moses, Moses talked to God like a friend speaks to a friend face to face. You see in the Bible, David pours out his heart to God. Because there's an intimacy between God's people and God. With, with Hezekiah. Hezekiah loves to hang out with me. It's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Nah, it's always good. But if I put him down in his playpen, he starts crying because his dad's not holding him. And I think it's interesting that my son has this hunger to hang out with me. When, when we went up to get our OMC, we gave Hezekiah to some friends of ours, and he was fine with them. He didn't cry because Renee and I were sitting in the seat so we could get called up onto stage. And, and they said he was fine as soon as we came down, and I walked back over to Hezekiah. He started crying because he saw his dad. Makes me feel good. But it challenges my thinking. Do I have that same hunger and passion for my Father in Heaven to be in His presence? To go and talk to Him? Go and hang out with Him? Because that's what makes the difference in my life, is me praying to God. Because it creates intimacy with Him. As a dad, I understand that the more I spend time with my son... The more I share with him, the more he feels loved, the more I embrace him, the more I speak great words over his life, the more I show him that people care for him and love him, and it doesn't matter what other people think, it just matters what God thinks, and your mum and your dad love you. As long as they get those kind of messages, there's nowhere he can't go. There's no depth he can't descend. There's no heights he can't reach. There's nothing that he can't do if he knows that there's a God in heaven that loves him, that he's secure and safe. And God wants to do that in our life. Our Father in heaven has a a hunger to speak those same things over our life. So we need to decide, I'm going to get into God's presence and talk to Him. Pour out my heart. Speak to Him about my dreams. Speak to Him about my struggles. Come and talk to Him. I know in my life, the things that's changed me the most is going on my prayer time with God. If if you've heard my stories, I was a young man full of insecurity, fear, intimidation of people. And the things that changed was when I went into God's presence and started talking to him about things. And God said, you know what? I've chosen you. You're loved. You don't need to fear man. Because if I'm with you, why would you fear man? Just trust me. Those kind of messages that he shared with me in those intimate moments with God. Let's choose. Hey, let's be people who pray to God. I love King Hezekiah, who, has a, who our son's named after. There's this moment in the Bible where, where Hezekiah's in Jerusalem and, and the, this king from another country comes and surrounds the city. 
And they send a messenger, and the messenger comes, and, and King Hezekiah sends out three officials to go and talk to him. And the guy says, here's the thing. Surrender now. They say to the officials, this, this messenger, surrender now. Become our slaves. We won't kill you. Don't think that your God can save you because the other gods who we've gone and, and, and conquered, the other countries, their gods couldn't save them. So don't think your God's going to be able to. And, and then the, the officials go back and they tell this to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah's first response is, go and talk, get the prophet. Go, go to the prophet. He sends his messages to the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah comes back and says, don't be fearful. He's going to lose. God's going to rescue you. So then the enemy comes back again. Great picture of what Satan does. He comes and he tries to intimidate. He tries to bring darkness. He tries to make us worry. Even though God gives us a word, we still go and we still worry and we still, we still fear fear because there's the unknown. Nothing's actually changed. The, bro- the problem's still there. Everything's hard. You've given me a word, but nothing's changed. So we start to go, man, things are hard. They send another messenger and he comes back again and he says, hey, the exact same message. We're going to beat you. We're going to defeat you. There's n- you're going to all become our slaves. This time, Hezekiah goes into the presence of God in the temple. And it says that he laid out the letter that was given from the messenger in the presence of God in front of, in the temple, and he just prays to God. And it's a great picture of intimacy with God where we come and we lay out our issues and problems before the presence of God. Because that's the desire that God would have in our lives, that we would come and lay down our issues in His presence. That we would magnify Him above the issues in our life. That we'd stop speaking about how big these things are in our life and we'd start to say, God, you're bigger than my issues. God, even though the doctor said this, even though my marriage is in trouble, even though the bank's about to close on my business, God, your word is greater and you are bigger than my issues. And then we allow God to speak to us and he gives us a promise and then we can walk by faith. Why wouldn't we want to have an intimate relationship with God when we see the amazing things he does? Because then in the story, Isaiah sends another message to Hezekiah, says, hey, you're going to win. And then straight after that, the king is defeated from that other country and they have peace. There's another moment in his life when he's about to die and Isaiah comes in and says, hey, here's the thing, mate. Um, you're going to die. Get your stuff together. Put your house in order. You're going to die. Isaiah walks out the room, leaves. Hezekiah, the Bible says, rolls over to the wall. And he says, God, I've always served you all my life. I've done everything you've ever asked for me. And the really cool part of the story is that Isaiah, as he's walking, it says he stepped out. And just as he was walking through the, 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 the courtyard, God gives him another word and he comes back. He says, here's what God says. I'm going to give you 15 years more life. Why? Because he prayed to God. He turned to God in his moment of need. He had a relationship with his God. Let's choose to be people who hang out with God. Then we get filled with boldness and hope. We start to become the conqueror God's always called us to be. Awesome. The second thing is this. Prayer gives vision. It says in 2 Kings 6, 17, it said, And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he 
may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, when we pray to God, it changes our vision. It changes how we see. Our sight gets bigger. Our sight gets larger. We see things that God wants us to see in a different way than we used to see it before. I love this story. I think it's so amazing. Imagine being the servant. You're surrounded and you think you're going to die. And then all of a sudden, your mentor, the prophet, the guy in your life says, God, I pray that you'd open his eyes. And he walks out, he looks out the window again, and all of a sudden he says, these chariots of fire surrounding the army. What a cool moment in your life. And that's what God does when, he, when you pray. He changes our vision. I know in my life, God changed my vision, my life. He spoke to me, gave me dreams when I was praying. I've shared the story when I was walking down the road. And I said, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Again, I was praying. God said, I want you to be a pastor. I had a dream. I had a vision in my life. I remember when I was a youth pastor, youth wasn't going so well. Things were small. We had about five people coming to youth on a, on a Friday night, if we were lucky. And I remember going, man, this place sucks. I don't even want to be here myself. I'd rather be at home watching Friday night football. And I was the guy running it. This is so boring. And I, and I remember going, I said, you know what, I've got to make a change. And so I started praying. I got into, uh, there were times where I'd just go to the church on my own, open up the door, walk in, close the door, and I'd just walk around. The church going, God, I thank you that we're going to have an amazing youth ministry. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that young people are going to get saved, that people are going to come to know that you love them, that you care about them. I thank you, God, that you love young people. I pray that they would know how much you love them. And then all of a sudden, our youth group started to change because at that moment, God started to give me a vision for what our youth group could be. He started to show me. There were times I'd, I was in worship or I'd go to a conference and I could see our youth ministry worshiping God. I saw our, our, our church full of young people. And I remember the day I saw that come to fruition, I was, we, had this, we had this, actually it was a, uh, a night when we had the Bowen young people come to our church in Ingham and do our youth service for us. We had 96 young people at youth, including the leaders. God gave me a vision and it came through because I prayed to him. There's times when I get into God's presence, he shows me my future and my dreams. He says, you're going to do this. He shows me the amazing things that could happen in my future. Just this week, he spoke to me a little bit more about my future. Why? Because I got into the presence of God and I prayed. God wants you and I to do that. Peter. In the Bible, you have a look at him. Peter was praying on a rooftop. He was hungry. A sheet came down out of heaven, full of all things that he wasn't allowed to eat, like me, KFC, chocolate. And he said to God, he said, first Jesus said to him, I want you to eat from this. And, and Peter said, God, I won't do it because, you know, I've never eaten anything unclean. And Jesus says to him, he says, don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. And, and Jesus was showing a vision that, hey, I've saved and I've rescued Gentiles as well. And Peter's vision changed. You know what? 
God's salvation is not just for Jewish people, it's also for the Gentiles, and it opened up the entire world to the love of Jesus. But what was the key? He was praying. It dealt with his it dealt with all of his prejudices, his racisms, his small thinking, because he was in prayer and his sight got bigger than it used to be. What about yourself? Could God give you a dream about your business? Could God give you a, a dream about your school? Could God give you a dream about your ministry? Could God give you a dream as a teacher or your workplace or your mind, wherever it is that God's called you to be? Could he give you a vision about your family, about being a dad and your children and, your, and, and as being a mom and seeing your kids come to know who Jesus is? Could God give you a dream that would change you and your family and your town forever? The key is prayer. Let's choose to pray. Let's choose to get into God's presence and say, God, I want you to give me a dream. That's why we should pray. We could choose to worry because things don't look good. Or we can close the door in our room, go for a walk on the beach, wherever it is, into the backyard, wherever that place is for you, where you feel closest to God, where you hear his voice the best because all the other distractions are pushed out of the way and you go, Jesus, speak to me about my life and about my kids and about my future and about my workplace. I like the fact that Abraham was talking to God. And God said, hey, get out of your tent. Look up at the stars. Here was a moment when Abraham was worried that he may never have children, but God calls him out of his tent and says, hey, check out the stars. Your descendants are going to be like the stars in the heavens. What a cool God. The third thing is this. Prayer positions... For the miraculous. 2 Kings 6, 18 to 20. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and they were inside Samaria. Prayer positions us for the miraculous. I I love the idea that when we pray, it creates an environment around us where God can start to work, where God can start to move. Genesis 1, when we see it right at the start, the Bible says that the earth was void and without form, that there was darkness over the earth and the Holy Spirit hovered above it. And what happened that changed what that looked like? God spoke. That's the power of us speaking into our atmosphere. Things might look dark. They might seem like they've got no void. Everything's falling down to pieces around us. Inner turmoil, mental health issues, sickness, whatever it is, everything's falling to pieces. But we can change the shape of our world and everything around us by starting to speak into the atmosphere and say, God, even though things seem broken, God, you can put things back together. God, even though my kids don't love you, I thank you that they will start to come to love you. Lord, even though my ministry right now seems small, God, your word says you've got greater things for me. God, I think your word says that God's your plans for me are greater than I could ever imagine. We can start to speak things. God, I thank you that in Jeremiah 29, 11, your word says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And our whole world starts to change because we start to speak faith into the atmosphere because we start to pray to God, start to agree with him rather than the things that are in our life. We say, God, no matter what I see, you're bigger and greater than it. 
prayer brings miracles. For us, Renee and I, we've seen this in our life. You know that my wife and I tried for at least seven years to have kids. Couldn't happen. The thing that changed it was I went into my room. I said, God, you're the most amazing dad in the world, but dad, I want to know what it's like to be a father. A week later, God said, I'm going to give you a son. Here's, what, here's his job, and this is what he's going to do. I spoke to him. He spoke back to me. He gave me a promise. Who knows that I started to worry because at 36, 37 years of old, the, the clock started to tick. You can almost hear the 60 minutes clock going. We're getting older. This needs to happen soon, God. Chose to go and pray. It positions us for the miraculous. Renee and I decided just recently since, we had a, since we've had children, that we're going to start to pray together. Because before that, we prayed apart. We'd go into our room. We, we, our prayer life was okay, but we didn't pray together. And so we decided, let's start praying together. Hezekiah was there. We started to pray. And one of Renee's friends was having trouble having a baby. So we started praying for them. God, we thank you that you want to give good gifts to your children. We thank you, God, that you want to bring a miracle. Things might, doctor might have said things are hard, but we believe that that baby's going to have a baby. And we had faith that God was going to do something. Then a little while later, Renee's friend said to her, hey, I'm pregnant. And the doctor said to me, this is a miracle. Because there's things in her womb that makes things difficult, but this doctor said, this is a miracle. Prayer positions for miraculous. Financially, we've seen God move in our lives. When I was a chaplain, it was just trusting in God, believing God every week just to get through. We had car repayments and rent and we, who knows, we had to buy food to eat. We had to pay an electrical bill. All these things. It was difficult. So often, God, I need you to help me get by. And we never went without one week after another because God's miraculous. There were other times in our lives where we've had to Believe for God to provide for us. We once went away on holidays and we didn't really have the money to do it. But within the space of about a week, people gave us over $1,000 in the space of about a week so we could go on holidays. How cool is that? Before that, I said, God, we, we, need, your, we need a miracle here. We don't really want to spend too much more of this part, our savings, and we were talking to God, and God went bang and turned up. If I could get the band up on stage, please. Prayer positions us for miracles. Prayer changes everything. I love the story of Peter when he's in prison. Peter gets put in prison for no other reason in the Bible in Acts. He gets put in the Bible for no other reason than the fact that, he's, that God's using him to heal people and he's telling people about how awesome Jesus is and the good news of the gospel. A guy named Herod, who was an evil king, and whenever you say Herod, I think everyone should go, boo, but Herod, I, didn't, I wasn't asking for it. I, I just, <laughs> but thank you. But I, I think you should, boo, him and Pontius Pilate and guys like that, which is, and Satan, of course, boo. So 
like you do Paul Gallon in Origin Time, but hey, that's another story. So, but in this moment, Herod's seen that putting them in prison and putting Christians to death pleases the Jews. He's already chopped off James the Apostle's head. And, it's, and the Bible talks about, you get the idea that court's about to happen the next day and Peter's probably going to die. But I love what the Bible verse says. It says, but the church was praying for him earnestly. You might know the story. He's in bed. He's chained up between two guards. Then he's woken up by an angel that comes and taps him and says, hey, follow me. Angel his locks come off his hands. He gets up. He walks out. The door's open. They walk through that door. The next door opens. He keeps walking out that door. He gets back to where he's... As he gets outside, he thinks he's dreaming, but then all of a sudden the angel goes and he realizes he's there and he's awake. He walks and he knocks on the door of the place where he knows all the other apostles and the Christians are staying and everyone rejoices because God's done a miracle. But I love it that it says... His life was messed up. If you're in prison and you think you might die the next day, who knows? You're a little bit anxious. You're a little bit worried. But the church was praying for him earnestly. Because prayers bring miracles. I was thinking about if I had time to talk to you about how to pray. But I don't have the time. But if you just want to go... Because it's always good to teach people how to pray. And go to Matthew 6, 9 to 13, and it just shows you how you can pray. It's the Lord's Prayer. It shows you that intimacy, pray about your dreams, all those things. If you ever want to know, just come and have a chat to me, and I'll show you how that works. Or maybe I might get a chance to pray, preach about it another time. Prayer is important. Prayer will change your life. Why is it that we allow ourselves to get caught up in so much stuff that takes our time away from prayer? We watch our favorite TV shows when we know we should be praying. Just before we decide to pray, the phone rings and we decide to talk on the phone and it takes away our time instead of going into the presence of God and praying. Going into our bedroom, closing the door, going for a walk. Why is it that we just allow ourselves to get distracted? And in our heart we know, hey, I said I'd go and pray to God, but instead I've allowed myself. And it's because I think because Satan comes in and he knows how powerful prayer is in our life. Let's all stand with me. Please. Because when we pray, it builds intimacy with God. When we pray... It changes our vision. It helps us become the man and woman God's created us to be. And prayer positions us and creates an atmosphere in our life for miracles. So why aren't we praying more? Let me encourage you, come to prayer meetings and pray and believe that our church is going to expand and grow and, and the best days are ahead for a church. Let me, let me encourage you, pray for youth, pray for kids ministry, pray for our young adults, pray for all our ministries, our life groups, because prayer changes things. Get into your own prayer time. 
Pray for those things, but pray for your family and your future and your life. Pray for those around you and believe that God's going to change them and lift them up. No longer allow distraction and even believing that God doesn't hear your prayers to stop you from going and hanging out with him. Because Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we can take confidence knowing that every prayer that comes out of our mouth, God hears. I love what Jesus says just before he raises up Lazarus. He's standing at the, he's standing at the grave where the hole is in the, in, the, in, the, in the rock. And he says, God, I know you hear me. You always do. I'm just saying this for their sake. He knew that God hears every word that comes out of his mouth when he prayed. Let's pray. Let's hang out with God and know that he moves. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.